Sometimes there's a gospel that's so difficult to preach on that I just decide not to do it. So let's look at the second reading today. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. And first to welcome everyone who gathers here at St. Anne's on this 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time. To those who join us by way of the electronic media, always a joy to be with you and to know that you are making your spiritual communion with us. Even as we cannot gather with you physically, perhaps one day we will and one day soon. Our numbers here are continually to grow and we're delighted to see you all as well. So, St. Paul. Here's the context in part. This is the year 70 AD. Nero is Caesar and Rome has burned and he is seeking, at least this is one of the stories, that he wants to seek to blame the Christians for belief in their God over and against the belief in the gods of the empire, the gods of the Romans. So Paul is imprisoned in the Mamertine prison in the Forum, and Peter is nearby as well, imprisoned, and they're both about to be executed. Peter will be executed upside down in the Vaticanum, which is a hill outside the walls of Rome, hence the word Vatican. You can go there today to visit the bones of Peter and to pray there. And Paul will be executed as a noble because his father was a Roman citizen. So Paul is able to receive execution by sword, which is a more noble form of execution. And that will take place outside the walls in the area that you can go today, the Quattro Fontani, the Four Fountains, the Basilica of St. Paul outside the walls. Anyway, he's in prison and he's writing this letter and he's saying, brothers and sisters, I know how to live in humble circumstances. I know how to live in humble circumstances. Paul has been shipwrecked many times. His life was threatened many times. This was a man who was Saul, as you recall, and then converted and became Paul. He had persecuted the Christians, and now he is their great evangelist. But I know how to live in humble circumstances, he says. I also know how to live with abundance. In every circumstance and in all things, he says, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. Now let's reflect on your strengths and your weaknesses. Think about those. Think about when you are strong or when you think you're strong. When you've got money, security, health, family life is going great, your marriage is at the top of the charts, you just love life, and you can't wait to get up every day and greet the day with a big smile. That's called abundance in the eyes of the world. And that's quite natural and good, and we should applaud it and pray for more of that for all of us. 
So we know abundance as Paul knew abundance. And oftentimes we look at abundance as a blessing from God, and it is in one respect. But don't be confused, because when life is not so abundant, when you're going through a lot of heartache, sickness, your marriage is on the rocks, your family's falling apart, your job is no longer interesting, satisfying, you just don't want to get out of bed, and you don't greet the day with a smile. Most of us then consider those maybe curses from God. Clearly, I didn't do something to please the Lord, so he's getting even with me. Why, Lord, are you doing this to me? We tend to blame God sometimes to say, look, why are you doing this? You look at COVID, and you look at the perfect storm of so many issues going on in our day in this year of 2020, a year when I had hoped we could all see more clearly, 2020, no pun intended, but things are confusing, and things may not seem as abundant. And there's a tendency to think, oh God, what's going on here? And to look at all of that maybe as a curse. Now, there are people that look at that through that lens and see abundance as blessing and the downside of life as curse. But that is not the gospel. The Catholic Church does not believe that. Because then, are the poor, the weak, those who have no job, those who are sick and dying, are they to be cursed? No. I know how to live in humble circumstances, and I have learned that I can do all things in the good times and in the bad, in the health and in the sickness. When things are going well, abundance, and when things are not so going my way, I'm doing this out of love and gratitude to God. Because the world will call those curses of life, the so-called curses of weakness and sickness and disasters of that sort, they're going to call that necessarily something negative. And it may seem that way, it may feel that way, but the paradox of faith, friends, is that we take our cue from the cross. And Jesus was never more strong, more victorious, than when he was dying. In fact, when he died. This is the moment of glory. Now the world says, that's ridiculous. See, that's a curse, says the world. But to men and women of faith for 2,020 years, Paul is telling us today that in every circumstance, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. So in the downside of life, as the world calls it, in the paradox of faith, I can find with grace and faith 
strength. How many of you know from your experience? You can connect the dots as you look over your life and you say, you know, looking back on it, that particular experience was so depressing and so difficult and so tragic, it seemed, but it made me stronger. It made my family come together. We really grew in faith, and I'm stronger because of it. I know that experience myself. I've shared that with you some time ago. In my last assignment, I was a pastor down at 8th and N at Immaculate Conception, and the school had to close. It had been a school since 1867, and in 1960, the Marianist brothers pulled out, and then Monsignor Mundell, my predecessor, reopened it as a co-educational school for African-American children, and it survived the race riots of 68 because he was so generous to the neighborhood that those buildings were not burned. But in, 19, in 2007, we had to close it. I tried my hardest to keep it open. And when you're in a situation like that, everyone wants to blame the pastor. They always blame the pastor, right? You got to blame somebody, right? So make more money, raise more money, fundraisers, do this, do that, try to... And I took it personally. I took it all on. I got very depressed. We raised just a couple hundred thousand dollars, but we needed a million for each year that the school operates. And the diocese says, if you can get five million in a month, we'll keep it open. Well, I did all my prayers. Even St. Jude did not come through. Patron for desperate cases. But I think he had something else in mind. So I got clinically depressed and went away to a residential program for eight months for treatment, for anxiety, depression. It was a very difficult time. It was weakness. It was a downside of life. It was so bad and so dark. And those who've gone through depression, you all know how difficult that experience can be. But thank God, with the proper medication, therapy, just talking about it, as we all know in the process of recovery, I began to see how strong God's grace is. Not just an intellectual doctrine of grace, but you begin to see how real God uses weakness, weakness as a means to strength and courage. And after that experience, and anyone who's gone through clinical depression like that or near suicide, you know you will never go back to that dark space that way ever again. It will never be as dark again. Out of weakness comes strength. What does St. Paul say? I can do all things in him who strengthens me. See, a lot of people, I think, turn away from God, as we've said before, because they're not getting what they want from God. They make a list of all the things they want, and God's not giving them those things. And so they just kind of say, there is no God. 
or God doesn't care, or God's not in my life, or maybe I'm cursed and he doesn't listen to me. That's so phony. That's so wrong. Now, I think sometimes our Lord throws us all a curveball, each in his own way, to test us, not because he's mean, not because he's an ogre, not because he gets any kind of joy out of suffering and pain. No, it's an invitation to grow deeper in trust, in faith, and to realize in God's time, as St. Paul says, I will be strong again. I can do all things in him who strengthens me. So here's Paul again on the verge of being executed. He's writing these letters. He's telling the people who are also being persecuted in the early church, being martyred, look, do not give up on God. You can do all things in him who strengthens you. So the beauty of what we do at Mass as Catholics when we come together is that we, again, go up with our Lord to Calvary. We experience his body and blood. And we are raised up by grace to the resurrection of new hope. And then we are told at the end of Mass, go. Go in peace. Go with the Holy Spirit that is given to you, who strengthens you for another week until we meet again. I can do all things in him who strengthens me. So the weakness of life, the downside of life, in the irony of things, often is a mixed blessing. Many are invited, few are chosen. Yes, the few that are really chosen are the ones who have accepted their cross, not because they love the suffering and pain for itself, but as the means by which it purifies and makes me stronger. Don't deny your cross. Don't run away from it. It's not a weakness. The world calls it that, but it's not. It's your means of strength. Embrace it, as did Jesus, as did Mary, as do all the saints. It's a beautiful experience to go through. Not easy, but beautiful, full of beauty, because you're not doing it alone. You're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for him who strengthens you in every way to bear that cross out of love for him who bore his cross out of immense love for us all.